Yeah, is this on? Bueno, buenos dias. Hey, good morning. How you doing? Is the energy recon. That's ese, right. It's the energy reconnaissance show. What he's trying to say is this is energy reconnaissance radio. It is. That's exactly right. And hey. but but there is a theme to my Hispanic oh. Oh, well, opening I there. That was uh, kind of East Indian, Asian, oh, yeah. uh, Filipino. No, 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 it's our friend south of the border. Right, little and, brothers, yeah. And I love, man, I love Mexican food too, man. God, Good, I you know. know. Good Tex Mex. I know. Ooh, I got boy. a bag of, uh, I got some Mexican food to go from a restaurant, and they go, and here's your bag of chips. Okay. Yeah. So you take that bag of chips home. The next, it's a brown paper bag yeah. full of chips. Mm-hmm. Next morning, yeah. you walk in the kitchen. That brown paper bag full of chips is wet. Yeah. <laughs> with I go, what is that? Kind and of a kind of a greasy coating. Well, it is. It's all uh, done soaked into the paper bag. Yeah, yeah. So this is as technical as we're going to get today. <laughs> I just want you. Well, to know. okay. From an energy perspective, oh, maybe not that extracted the oil out of that. I'm seeing where you're see how going you like with that. this. See, we set so that you can up, always uh, tie it in. You can. You can. But, uh, but no, but really for the for the perspective that we're going to be talking about today, um, we're talking a lot about natural gas today because it's been making some huge moves. Really? Big time moves over the course of the last week. Because winter didn't show up, man. It went down. It uh, You know? Uh, all of this polar vortex, you know, yeah. uh, stratospheric warming that we were talking about on one of our last shows, uh, you know, all of that has been absolutely contained to the mm-hmm. western half of the United States. I don't know if you see what's going yeah. on out in the west or not. They're about to lose that dam. Oh, I'm telling you, here's and here's here's horrible. a couple of other things that that's interesting about the western half of the U.S. I mean, if you get a if you picture. Uh, uh, the United States map in your mind's eye, and then literally take a a, a line and draw it straight down the center. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That straight down the center. Call it sort of east of the Rockies. Uh-huh. Okay. Everything sort of west, really sort of kind of west of Denver, really, um, has been cold. And, okay. And weird. And weird and volatile and yeah. wet. Yeah. And but everything east of that. So when you push your chin to the right. Yeah, when everything east of of roughly the Rockies mm-hmm. has just been darn tootin' warm, mm-hmm. dude. It, it's here we are. It's uh, February twenty first. Yeah, and Chicago over. has seventy degree temperatures. Well, you were talking about this the last couple of shows where we're saying, you know, if the polar vortex does not materialize, mm-hmm. right, right, then you've got the natural gas people going. Oh, that's right. We're sitting on all this gas. There's no demand. Nobody's turned on all the heaters. Yep. What are you going to do? It's going to go down. And so, yeah. So what what has occurred out there in the West again? Because that's where all the cold air coming out of out of the North Pole, out of Canada, has been really kind of contained over into the the uh, western half of the U.S. They they have okay. So out in the but, West, particularly but the desert's cold. It actually has been you know cold out there too. All literally yeah. take a it, it. What's so interesting is you look at a weather map. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, everything blue represents cold. Everything sort of kind of beige and red represents above normal temperatures, right. hot, warmer temperatures. It's like somebody just painted the one half blue yeah. and one half red, you know? I saw and, that on the internet. And so, but 
they have a lot of renewable power out in California, mm-hmm. okay, and out of uh, Pacific Northwest and Nevada and the whole bit. I mean, it's but specifically, we're talking about kind of uh, West Coast. Yeah, they have a huge amount of hydro power out there due to snow melt, snowpack. Mm-hmm. All right, and when they have an unusual amount of snow, then what that does is it increases a huge amount of hydropower that sure. comes from even larger amounts of snow melt that occurs. And so what the that, dams are just working overtime and the turbines are turning and big time. How did that thing get damaged at that gigantic what the biggest dam in the world is mm-hmm. it? Yeah. The biggest one we have. Right. Yeah. And what how how did that happen? Why did this thing crack? Too much water? It's just been inundated, oh. you know? And so uh, lots of weird kind of weather coming off of the Pacific, which uh, down in Texas, we've even seen a little bit of that. Now, here's the thing is that we are going into uh, people that uh, I know this is a a show that is not specific just because we're we're all of Internet, all of listeners listening. You know, people may from Australia may be listening to the show. They dig us in Scotland, man. I I don't know why. Good night, Maybe it's that funny accent. It could be. But uh, they really do. So we got a lot of listeners over there. Um, So the thing is, is that if you remember last April, Mm -hmm. okay, in the Texas region, Mm We had an unbelievable amount of rain mm-hmm. that, that occurred, okay? And because of the way that this weather pattern is setting up uh, for the spring, because you, because right now, I mean, again, here we are, 20th of February, it's 80-degree temperatures in Houston, Texas. It's 70-degree, low 70s in flipping Chicago mm-hmm. right now. Weird. Okay. Um, so we're seeing kind of the pinnacle. This is this is the top of of the temperatures that I believe are going to be the warmest for this period, all, all the way into the springtime, and then you begin to see summertime begin to ramp up. Point that I'm making is is that we are seeing temperatures right now that are much, much, much more indicative of March and April than it is of mid late February. Sure. Okay. This has sent natural gas prices just tumbling, mm-hmm. um, specifically because of uh, the outlook into even early March, uh, weather-wise, is just anemic. Fell I mean, apart, you know. Right. Well, and the chances of getting super cold weather now on the East Coast is pretty thin. Well, right? now, our, our friend, uh, Chief Meteorologist Joe Bastardi with Weather Bill Analytics. Love okay, that guy. He's great. Yeah. He does think that uh, that March has a potential uh, for coming in colder than mm. normal on the eastern half of the U.S., but you're exactly correct. Once you get into and, and beyond February, you have what is called climatology that begins to set in. It's the seasonal transition that begins to occur, and you're just not going to have the same sort of intense cold that you would normally see during the the, the part of the winter time and you know december and january when do the cherry blossoms come out well they're actually starting to blossom we'll in some see. areas right now see, and there so you go but uh you what, have what this has done now. is is it has as where we started off this uh this natural gas market in what was considered to be rather tight sort of supply demand conditions okay now 
uh, because of the fact that it really looks like uh, that things are going to finish off from a demand perspective, national demand perspective for natural gas, uh, as where the industry was kind of looking for you know if when when as we were entering January, the market was looking for natural gas. This is what's called the carryout of natural gas storage. That's how much remaining natural gas is still in the ground coming out of wintertime. We were thinking that was going to come out somewhere around 1.6 trillion cubic feet. Okay, now it looks like we're probably going to finish somewhere around two to 2.1 trillion cubic feet. Again, coming out of the winter, this is what's called the, the natural gas storage carryout. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're carrying out of the winter, going into what is called the refill season mm-hmm. for for natural gas storage. Man, there's nothing okay. to refill. <clears throat> well, no, there's we 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 have to. Okay, right. um, what is considered full these days? Full to the brim mm-hmm. is something above uh, four trillion cubic feet, somewhere around oh. four to four point two trillion cubic feet is what is considered full natural gas storage here in the United States. Mm. So, if we're coming out of, in, of, in the, the of this winter, uh-huh. and, and we're entering April, so so April through October mm-hmm. is the injection season. That's the re- storage refill season. Mm-hmm. Okay, If we're coming out of this winter with, let's just call it 2 trillion cubic feet in the ground, we need it to, for, for the market psychology to be... Uh, it remain in such bearish condition that we're in right now. Sentiment is hugely freaking bearish right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, prices are down uh, down in the two fifties per MBTU. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, just since December, prices are off thirty six percent. Okay, wow. since late December, and so. <clears throat> Buying opportunity. It's a huge buying opportunity, <laughs> yeah. but, but somewhere, yeah. right? But listen to this, mm. okay? So, if we say that full natural U.S. natural gas storage being full is around four trillion cubic feet, that means that we have to inject over the course of the summertime another two trillion cubic feet. You got me. Uh, we've got net two. net of what we ship out to the other folks well uh, well you're making a very very good point there. the lng okay. exports here's the key you're, you're you're so moving into the idea that i was getting ready to talk about okay <laughs> is that we've got two situations that are occurring right now one is that natural gas production in the united states is down considerably compared to where we have been in previous years Okay, mm. we're not producing as as many BCF natural gas billion cubic feet per day mm. as we were last year and the year before and the year before that. Okay. Second thing is you're exactly correct. In addition to production that is down, now we have become da 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 the first time ever net exporter of natural gas. Mm-hmm. Okay, to other nations. Man, this is. Quite a setup. Check this out. There is no way, Uh unless we have a completely, absolutely summertime doesn't show up, and it remains spring all summer long, okay, there's no way we're going to get back to full by this coming wintertime. This is a setup for higher prices, and I'm going to kind of re-explain this, go into more detail when we get back right here on Energy Recon Radio. 
And we're back. Man, it is the one and only Energy Reconnaissance Radio, the Energy Recon. We go out and find all this information. You have no idea where we have to go to get this. Mm-mm, the boots we have to wear, the, the places we have Ooh, to go. It's oh, some of them's nasty. Nasty. But it, we come back with all this information yeah, and you get to uh, check it out. You know, we're kind of the, the we're the energy hunters. Kind of, yeah. You know, we, we, gatherers. We, gatherers. Yeah. We, we go out and, you know, we, we, we arm ourselves with what's needed to get out there and get that and bring it all back. And the village is happy. We set these little traps. Yeah. And then the information is out in the woods. And then when it doesn't know any better, it goes in the trap. Boom. <laughs> trap closes. We come back. We get the We got it. And we deliver it to and you. We bring it right back Fresh here. and hot. Fresh and hot. Goodness man. gracious. Goodness, <laughs> Jeez. Where do you get this stuff? I'm not sure. Uh-oh. Well, because it, I'll it, get it. it all stems from Mexican food that we were talking about in the first segment. Oh, I, all love, right? I like tacos. And, oh, gosh, you know, Torchy's tacos. You ever had Torchy's tacos? Now, you know where some of the best tacos are is at Fuego's Tacos in College Station. See, as nice Fuego's. Oh, it's muy bien. Fuego's. Fuego's. I, like I had Torchy's mm-hmm. uh, recently. Oh, in Dallas. Oh, did you? I was you? in did Dallas seeing, seeing Los Daughters. And they took me to the uh, <laughs> took me to the torches. Okay, so we but got. But that's so, not important. So, uh, what's the tie between tacos and this energy show we're having Oil. today? Well, yes, in in Mexico. Oh, okay. yes. <laughs> so, here's the thing. Yeah. All right. What is going on with Mexico right now that has not been going on with Mexico? In a long time, people are coming back in. The Trump administration is mm-hmm. is stirring the pot, so to speak. Yep. Okay. I would say that's kind of starting to strain relations a little bit. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And here's the thing. I think Trump's putting families back together, though. Oh, you know he is. You know? He's he is. like here. Uh, here's is the guy is back. You know. Yeah. Here, here you go. Families back together. Oh, you're That's talking about them going thing. back to yeah, Mexico and putting bet. those families back but, together. Putting families back together. Ah, they're okay. they're back. They're all reunited. They don't have to ship money down anymore. They're just they're right there. Oh, okay. There's something to you that. You know, there's always a good positive there's way of looking at it. bright you know? side of everything. Oh, it is. That's the bright spot. That's right. Um, but uh, when it comes to energy, though, oh, right. okay, um, and when it comes to natural gas, Mexico is very, very important to the United States mm-hmm. and to natural gas producers. Oh. Um, but the future relations with mm-hmm. Mexico may be somewhat strained in light of kind of what's going on with the Trump administration as it begins to kind of impose tougher trade terms um, on Mexico, uh, right. not only just trade, but also what's going on, obviously, with immigration as well. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> here's the thing, is that you are you may begin seeing and may have already seen some articles that are coming from the mainstream media Okay, mm-hmm. that want to demonize the Trump administration as they possibly, you know, as much as they possibly can. Sure, over right? anything. Exactly. And, but what you guys need to know is that uh, when it comes to natural gas uh, in Mexico, yes, the amount of natural gas that the U.S. ships to Mexico has grown tremendously uh-huh. in the last several years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it should not imp- uh, impact near-term 
uh, demand for natural gas. However, it could have an impact on longer-term relations with regard to natural gas and Mexico. Now, here's the thing. I want to get a few little statistics here for you. Um, first of all, Mexico has become uh, one of the most important foreign destinations for U.S. natural gas. Here's here's the, the, the real statistics, all right? For the exports. For the exports that we send so, uh, south of the border from the mm-hmm. U.S. into Mexico. Is this a um, new thing, or we've been doing this a long well, time? Well, here's the, okay, since about 2010, Mexico Im- imported just under about a million cubic feet per day of natural gas. Hmm. Okay, a million, I'm sorry, a just under 1 billion cubic feet per day, 1 BCF per day. So, fast forward to the end of 2016. So, mm-hmm. six years later, okay, just here mm-hmm. a couple months ago, um, we were exporting from the U.S. into Mexico 4 billion cubic feet per day. So, it has gone up 400% mm. in terms of the total natural gas going into Mexico from the United States. All right. This is about 5% of total U.S. natural gas production that is going into, um, into Mexico. So it looks like from all the new pipeline capacity that has been constructed and is being constructed right now to go into Mexico, that amount of capacity is going gonna, is gonna to ratchet even higher. Uh, and matter of fact, over the next few years, natural gas demand in Mexico is pro- projected. Now, this is demand for U.S. natural gas mm. is projected to increase by another two billion cubic feet per day. This okay? gets complicated. So now we've gone from just six years ago, we've gone from less than a billion cubic feet a day to four billion cubic feet presently to almost 6 billion cubic feet per day in literally just the next few years. And and so now we're talking about overall capacity is expanding even faster than that. So now we're looking at probably within the next three years, call it the next three years, total exports and capacity to send natural gas into Mexico is going to top 7 billion cubic feet per day and it's by pipeline folks, right that's by pipeline folks that is a lot of natural that's gas. A lot of gas that's that's more that's five percent of the natural gas we produce and that is at our current level right now okay so when you begin to think about well where does all this natural gas come from well a large chunk of it comes from texas mm-hmm. okay Comes from South Texas. Comes out of uh, um, the Eagle Ford down in South Texas. Comes from you know various other pipelines that are shipping uh, all along kind of the border of uh, of the U.S. In, into Mexico. And most of it though is 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 coming through through Texas. And so that demand from Mexico is very important to one the Texas economy to the energy industry. It's important to the federal government, mm-hmm. okay, because of the amount of uh, severance taxes that they charge on uh, all the oil and gas companies. For because taxes on on uh, on oil and natural gas, I mean, federal government gets a big, large amount of revenue mm-hmm. off of that. So does state of Texas, even when you export it. 
Absolutely. Especially okay. Because it's based it's based upon your sales. Okay. Oh, uh -huh, and it's uh -huh. delivered volumes is what they're looking at. Okay. And so uh, you can bet. Now, so there's a lot of people saying, well, hold on a minute. You know, you're telling me that, uh, and, and what I'm hearing out there in the mainstream media is that Mexico is getting a little pissed about what's going on. Mm -hmm. So they may go, oh, no, we're not taking no more national gas from you. You know? No, no they, they won't say it like that. They'll say, we won't be taking any more you. You're not something. You know, it'll be something along it'll, those it'll lines. Something. Bottom line is, is they're going to go, uh uh. We're not going to take any more natural gas. Because we don't like you anymore. That's right. Because you're We're being mad. Because you're being mean. <laughs> you're right? being mean. And um, but so, uh, uh -huh. but oh, this is now that's now that's what the media is wanting you to believe. Oh, okay. Uh -huh. The fact is, where is Mexico going to get? I'm well, they do produce some of their own, but yeah. the thing is, is that their demand is from their own population growth and from. Sure. I mean, it's they they have pretty sizable demand that's occurring. So here's the thing is that Mexico, they used to have a lot of fuel oil plants. They have converted a vast majority of all of their fuel oil power generation plants to natural gas, mm -hmm. okay? And they're adding more and more of that type of generation down in Mexico. So they don't really have any other options. Well, I've read some stuff from, uh, you know, published in some of the other major news uh, rags, that say, well, they could, you know what they could do? They could just smite the uh, the U.S. and start building LNG import facilities and buy their LNG from someone else other than the United States. Mm -hmm. Okay? Really? It's going to be Are a you lot more really, expensive. It's going to be a lot more expensive. Are they really yeah. going to do that because mm -hmm. they're pissed? No. Mm -hmm. that, right? Yeah, I mean, that is going to cost more. It just has. <clears throat> This is not, and if here's some things I was thinking about, is that this is not so dissimilar from the from the very strained relationships that Russia has had with other parts of Europe over sure. the last several years. But their gas deal, right? Because yeah. uh, because Russia has been the primary supplier of sure. natural gas during the winter time to the to the Ukraine and other parts of, of Western Europe. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's you can't really put that in, uh, say that there's completely uh, similar perspectives there, because the fact is, is that Russia was really using natural gas as a political weapon, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. I can never, ever, ever see a, a situation that the U.S. would do that to Mexico, okay? Oh, no, no. I mean, number one, we want to sell it, and, you know, and they want to buy it. What, what other choices do they have? Who Mexico? Yeah. They don't. And but, so we're talking about near term. Mm -hmm. I don't really see anything happening. Longer term, they may be trying to mm -hmm. to, to come say, up with another way. Well, because the fact is, is that other areas of Europe, okay, yeah. who also relied on that Russian natural gas, who weren't getting the supply adequate supply they needed in prior mm -hmm. winters. Mm -hmm. They got tired of that and said, you know what, let's go ahead and build some LNG facilities and let's diversify mm -hmm. our ability to get supply. Okay, that that might be something that could be on the table. So speaking of Europe mm -hmm. and natural gas, when we get back here in just a minute, what are the Iranians doing with Europe and natural gas? You definitely want to hear about this because oh, that is getting into the U.S. pocket for LNG as well. All when we get back right here on Energy Recon Radio. 
And welcome back, everybody. It is the Energy Recon, Energy Reconnaissance Radio. It's that show that uh, talks about things you don't get to hear. Yeah. Seriously, where are you going to get this information? Well, the cool part about it is is that if you're going to read about this stuff, mm-hmm. I mean, you really got to sift through a lot, a lot of yeah. just mm-hmm. boring copy. I mean, they some gotta... of, some of the most boring. I, the, the journalists that write this stuff, mm-hmm. there must be a prerequisite for them to have to. They must have written some sort of stereo instruction booklets in sure. their in their prior sure. life. Yeah, because it is really hard to get through a lot. Of, but you know what? We know how to sift through that stuff, that's right. and that's and we bring it to you in a way that you want to hear it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, we were talking about, and we're going to move on to oil and some other things here in a minute or two, but a uh, big topic is natural gas because of the fact that prices have come off so hard, 36% literally in just about the last eight weeks. Down okay? since December. Down since December. Uh, as of today, we're trading at uh, $2.57 per MMBTU. Uh, April WTI crude oil is trading at fifty three dollars and sixty cents. It's down about seventy four cents on the day uh, today. What um, chance? What chance does does natural gas have to get to a one handle? Zero. Yeah, that will not happen uh, between okay. now and the end of the and, year. And and matter of fact, I'm that's I'm glad you brought that up because we'll we'll talk about sort of our thoughts on where all that's going. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, you know we did have a one handle around this time last year on natural gas natural gas it was it was trading under two dollars per mm btu wow. uh, we're not going back okay it's not not gonna happen mm-hmm. all right um <clears throat> so going but prior to uh us ending last segment we were talking a little bit about uh mexico the u.s relations with mexico how much natural gas they they uh take from us mm-hmm. um or consume from us, that is. And then we were leading into Europe, okay, and talking a little bit about how uh, there's uh, some similarities involved in being that we're this major supplier uh, to Mexico and some of the relationships that Europe has had with Russia in prior years where they've kind of used that as a political tool against other areas of Russia, which I don't believe will ever happen but um, here in the U.S., but there is something big that has been happening over the last several days in Europe with regard to LNG. Um, there is growing support uh, to allow Iran to move forward with some of the largest natural gas and LNG, that's liquid liquefied natural gas, projects in over the la- in the last decade, okay? Hmm. Um while the European governments are beginning to sort of negotiate deals over natural gas supplies, uh, the U.S., with all of its talks of sanctions mm-hmm. on Iran, is basically kind of stuck on the sidelines. But it's also obviously and will try its best to knock down any sort of Iranian LNG plans that would threaten U.S. LNG sales into into Europe. Mm-hmm. Okay. The Europeans, all right, here's the big dovetail. If you've been doing business with Russia and they use natural gas supply during the dead of winter Mm -hmm. as some sort of uh, political weapon, Mm -hmm. okay, 
And you've had to deal with this for years and years and years. And you say, you know what? Um, we're tired of dealing with this. So we're going to go ahead and build LNG import facilities. And we're going to start getting supply from some other more reputable suppliers that we may not have problems with. Mm-hmm. Why in the world would you do it with Iran that is a unbelievably volatile mm-hmm. political hotbed mess, you know? And they could use it as a weapon just as much or more so. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so uh, to me, the Europeans they're not thinking clearly on this. And, you know, if you're going to if you're going to make uh, long-term relationships with supply that is needed in order to keep your citizens of your country um, from freezing to death mm-hmm. during the winter time. That's important. Um, how about trying to align yourself with folks that you know have a good long-term track record of mm-hmm. of doing good business? Yep. You know. Yep. So anyway, just a little food for thought on on that deal. And then there's the Russian and Iranian access, the the access alignment between those two. Oh, absolutely. And so if if Russia perceived Iran to be competing for their European gas market, that's going to affect. It's going to squash that relationship. (laughs) You're spot on on that. I'm telling you, you know what I mean? So what is this? What does this all mean for prices? Okay. and what about near-term prices? What about longer term? Where are we going in 2017? Uh, what does the summertime look like? All right. Now, for for you folks who are fine interest in this stuff, but you don't necessarily work in the industry, um, but you do have an electricity bill at your house. Oh, boy. Okay? That's almost everybody. I would say so. You have got, folks, I cannot reiterate this enough. You have absolutely, positively got to go to VerdeNow.com. What was that? VerdeNow.com. That's V-E-R-D-E. That's uh, Spanish for green. I get it. VerdeNow.com. And sign up for some 100% renewable power for your home. Mainly wind. They have these giant wind thingies, Mm -hmm. right? They do. Lots of them. Yep, and they're in eh, mainly West Texas. Yeah, a lot of them. It's out there, mm-hmm. and man, does the wind blow, and it even blows at night. Yep. So here's what they figured out: What if we say your electricity is half price nights and weekends? See, I love that idea. Isn't that a great? It's idea? A, it's so a great idea. If you're a working family, you're gone during the day. You're home nights and weekends. Why not pay half price for your green renewable exactly wind power mainly? Uh, electricity and but well, wait a minute what what if what if i am at home what if we do have just some... go for the basic low rate it's okay they're traditional they got a traditional plan basic mm-hmm. low low rock bottom rate because it's wind generated mm-hmm. and the costs are low finally you can get green energy below market rate yeah instead of it used to being like you're gonna pay three times. It was to, crazy. Yeah. Now, now it's incredibly affordable. It's very mm-hmm. attractive. Verdaynow.com. Sign V-E-R-D-E. up, folks, for at least the 24 or 36 month plan. Right. The rates are gonna be the same. 
Yeah. Okay. The rates are the same. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether you choose 12 months, 24, 36 months. That's amazing. It literally is the same price no matter what term you choose. But we know where this market is headed, yeah. and you have to move forward on getting your be proactive on this, guys. Lock yourself in now. We're sitting down at multiple year lows. Later this year, those prices are going to start to jack back up again. Now, Pat, one of the things you were you were asking about is, you know, do we fall back down to a one dollar handle for natural gas? No, we don't. Mm -hmm. Okay. Matter of fact, so it kind of goes back to what we were talking about at the very beginning of this show, which is we're coming out of the winter time this winter uh, projected. At about with about two trillion cubic feet of natural gas remaining in U.S. natural gas storage, going into what is called the refill season. Now, for the past couple of years, we have filled natural gas up to the brim. Over four trillion cubic feet has gone into natural gas storage, but because of the fact that production has pulled back, okay, mm -hmm. substantially too, yeah. over the last few years. About the only amount, the maximum amount that we will likely put into uh, to storage over the course of this summertime would be about 1.4 trillion cubic feet. Hmm. In other words, we're going into this winter, this coming winter, mm -hmm. this would be the 2017-18 winter. Oh, okay, dear. We're projecting out to next wintertime. All right? We're going to be going into that wintertime <clears throat> with substantially less natural gas than what we have seen over the past few years. Once you factor in, and that's based upon a 30-year mean normal summer. That's yeah. not based upon a warmer than normal summer. That's based on a normalized mm -hmm. summer. Okay, On average. On average. We've got two-ish right now. Mm -hmm. We'll put in one and a half-ish maybe. So we're going to wind up with three and a half at the most and not four. So some people have said <clears throat> to me, well, can't these, can't these producers just ramp up supply again? Well, the thing is, is they can, but you have to look at where they're doing it. You have to remember, over the past couple of years, all of these uh, uh, drilling projects have been taken off the table because prices have been so low. Where is the majority of the drilling going on to put more natural gas back into storage? Well, it's up in the northeast, mm -hmm. okay, up in the Marcellus and what's in the Utica area, mm -hmm. all right? And there's some uh, uh, activity obviously going down in the Permian Basin right now, too, out in Midland, Odessa. Mm -hmm. Problem being is, is that from a regional storage perspective, Okay, oh. you can only put you can't take all that natural gas all around and, and pay all these exorbitantly mm -hmm. long delivery rates to deliver natural gas into storage, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles away. Right. Because it, it what it does is it, it squashes your margin for your profit potential when you mm -hmm. buy that natural gas. So you have to inject that natural gas into into local storage areas. Mm -hmm. So. That think, throws I, it off, doesn't it? It throws it off big time. So I'm telling you guys, this is setting up for a summertime market where these natural gas prices are going to be bumping right back over $3 per MBTU mm -hmm. and potentially even higher going into the fall. All right, now when we get back, 
We're going to be talking about oil and how there's a potential for a return to $30 oil prices. Okay. Which which creates a whole new exacerbation to everything that we've been talking about. Sell your house. (laughs) We'll be right back here on Energy Recon Radio. It's Energy Recon Radio with Alan Lammy. Oh, they yeah. Call, uh, they call you Petrodomus. I'm telling you. It's a good reason. Yeah. You know, and know what that is? That is the culmination uh-huh. of petroleum and Nostradamus. Petroleum nostrils. No, they didn't call you that. <laughs> no. No. That's completely Old different. Old petroleum nostrils. <laughs> No, so it's Petrodomus because we're looking at where is this market headed, mm-hmm. not just where it's been. And that's harder to do. All right, so what is propping up oil prices right now? Why are prices remaining in probably one of the tightest ranges that we have probably seen in over a decade mm-hmm. in just the last few months? Okay. What, what 52 to 54? It's basically then? 50 to 55. 50 okay. To 55. It's just, it rolls up to about 55 and rolls right back down to 50 and rolls back up to 55. This is what's called a rolling market, by That's the way. That's a rolling market. We should growl to make this more exciting. <laughs> Energy <laughs> recon. So, what has been that propping it up? Exciting. Well, okay, you have a U.S. equities market. Mm hmm. That has been hitting all-time record highs. Boy, has it. Okay. Um, how well is that market really doing? Okay. Is it really because all these companies are so healthy? All right. Or is European dollars flying into the United States mm-hmm. because of their economy and their markets that are on the cusp of melting down? Okay. Cool. So, is it really healthy or is this artificially being inflated? Okay. Probably a combination. Yeah, maybe. And then a uh, optimistic outlook for, well, what if, A, banks get to loan money again to small business? That's true. That would be handy to Mm -hmm. have. That's got to help. That's got to be an engine of growth. Right. So there's about an 80% correlation between uh, WTI and U.S. equities. Mm-hmm. They tend to move in tandem. Mm-hmm. Not always, but majority of the time. If you're seeing a uh, market, equities market that continues to rise and rise and rise, you're generally going to see a West Texas intermediate crude oil futures contract that rises along with it. We always talk about, though, that you know, when the, the sentiment is when things are going up, by God, they're going to go up forever. Okay. Which mm. is generally where somebody gets their proverbial butt handed to them at some point or another. Here's okay? your butt, sir. What's your hurry? <laughs> All right. The second thing is, is OPEC. Mm-hmm. All right. We've talked about the OPECers lots on this show. Oh, yeah. um, and, and so uh, here's the thing is that OPEC production cuts, which have actually been implemented, okay, um, to a small degree, have been propping up this market. One big thing you guys got to remember, though, is that this production cut deal expires in June, okay? Oh. This is not ongoing. There's uh. actually a cutoff date to this deal. And they have, we think sort of cut their production i think so okay Mm -hmm. 
and they and they and they kind of had to because vast majority of the veteran folks in this market knows that OPEC when they say they're gonna they're gonna cut. Mm-hmm. First of all, they'll overinflate things, and then they'll cut off of the the overinflated amounts that they say that they produce. It's okay. the spring half price sale at <laughs> IWMR. Exactly. All right. Um, uh, and then the other thing is is that uh, if this is not extended beyond June, all right, I believe that oil prices could begin to fall well back below that fifty dollar threshold. Back into the 40s, and I would not even uh, doubt that we could see potentially a $30 handle again. Um, so crude oil has initially been rising. Um, here's the thing that you also have to remember, as we're, which I think is absolutely interesting, because as where natural gas is just absolutely collapsing. Mm-hmm. Because of, of where storage is and, and where supply is sitting at, you've got oil prices that are still continuing to climb, <laughs> even though the amount of oil related storage is practically double of what natural gas is right now. Mm-hmm. So here's the deal is that if uh, even with OPEC that has been cutting uh, roughly, roughly, 1.14 million barrels per day mm-hmm. is sort of where they have cut. Here in the United States, we ain't part of OPEC. Right. All right. We right. haven't agreed to do diddly squat. Right. We have actually increased our production during this same time period by about 500,000 barrels per day since October. Mm-hmm. So, in about the same time frame that the OPECers said that they were going to start cutting, we have ramped up our production by about half of what they have cut. Mm-hmm. All right? Now, if if I'm OPEC and I'm saying, you know what, I'm trying to bring some more equilibrium to the supply-demand balance globally, and um, and I'm also trying to kind of keep oil prices sort of propped up, too, you, you have to kind of weigh... Where the uh, you know where is their profit loss? If they continue to cut, you know those are dollars, petrodollars per day that they're not receiving, but they're receiving a little bit more money on the upside because they're helping to keep oil prices propped up. But if these other guys across the room from me mm-hmm. are continuing to ramp up their production, they're getting the benefit now. Mm-hmm. Of these high oil prices that I'm basically trying to also keep ramped up, I am not going to continue to do. I'm not going to continue to cut my production if I'm OPEC. If Pat, you're the United States, yep, right over here, and you're going to keep raising, 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 mm-hmm. raising your production and get the benefit, sure. And you know, and so it's very indicative of what the U.S. is doing because of the rig counts that continue to pile on every single week. Not only that, but like what we've talked about in a couple of, uh, of shows, there are some oil producers out there who have made it very public that they're they're uh, increasing their amount of capital expenditures to go back out there and start producing. Because you know, partly. There is an optimistic viewpoint that demand of some kind, business demand, 
uh, even well, foreign demand is going to be there. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. With, like with, it hasn't been in years. Without a doubt. And so, I mean, there's global population expansion. There's domestic population expansion. Um, you have a lot of folks that are optimistic that with uh, with the Trump administration that is trying to be very uh, biz- small and large business supportive and really trying to kind of breathe more life into the economy that uh, you know that, that all of this this machine is going to just keep rolling right along you know and so so yeah from a demand perspective that, I think that that is underpinning oil prices but if you still keep producing so much oil, if you're overproducing more than you have demand to consume all that, prices, folks, have no place to go but down again. Mm-hmm. And if you have OPEC, who is looking at the United States and going, these guys are not going to quit, um, guess what? I can use those additional petrodollars, too, and so they're going to stop. Uh, their cuts, they're going to let the market kind of roll along. You may have uh, some other geopolitical events that occur that that kind of scare the market into thinking that prices need to be higher. If you see a uh, just what I've been talking about in terms of of the U.S. equities market, this flight to safety of European dollars that are moving out of the Euro, uh, out of Europe, uh, the the, the European Union mm-hmm. over into the U.S. markets. That is really kind of what's going on, guys. And then there's the repatriation of the mm-hmm. trillions that could be, well, it may be a trillion, sitting out there in the hands of U.S. businesses that could now probably be able to bring them back at a 10% rate. Right. Where is all that money gonna then you have to also add in another factor too of what infrastructure spend absolutely and then what about the the value of the u.s dollar that has been on a a major tear particularly against uh uh, other european currencies that have been really beaten down over you know more type of of brexit type type situations that are going on you know matter of fact in, uh, in here in the next segment we're going to be talking about there are some giant elections that are getting ready to happen over in uh, really kind of globally that kind of begins to stir the pot even more just like as where Trump got in the White House you know folks really weren't sure what to expect of that there are some other folks that elections that are coming up uh, like Canada. Oh, Do you know about the one in Canada? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The the shark. What's his name? David? The guy that's on Shark Tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, by God, running for prime minister. Uh, that's uh, right. The, a president of Canada. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, he sees Trump doing it. Hey, so he's he's like, go, I well, might as well take care of I this as well. I can do that. I can, I can talk loud and wave my arms. And You have elections that are getting ready to happen very soon in the Netherlands, Hong Kong, France. Uh, uh, Iran, mm-hmm. all right, Germany. I mean, there's there's mm-hmm. a lot of of more Movement, economic yeah. potential upheaval that that is going to occur. That's just going to be more and more and more cogs in this machine as to where oil prices could potentially go. And that's why you got to listen to this show because we're going to try to help you map it out. Boy, there's a lot to it, Alan. Great mm-hmm. job. You know, we have one more segment when we come right back here on. Energy Recon, the Energy Reconnaissance Radio Show. Remember, do you have a podcast app? Hmm? 
Yes, you do. Remember, subscribe to the Energy Recon on your podcast app. Just hit subscribe. Every time we do a new show, bang, it drops it right in. Mm-hmm. It uh, downloads and shows up right in your thingy right there. There it is. So Have we'll nice be right day. back. Have a nice day. And from the energy capital of the world, Houston, Texas, it's the Energy Recon. Yeah. That's what we do down here in Texas. Or, 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 or. We got so much oil down here in Texas, we don't even need any Mazzola for our fish. That's right. We we spill that much, you know. We eh, oil. Eh. Hey, you know what today is? Uh, it's not Valentine's. It's day. National Margarita Day. Is it really? It really is. Wow. Which means that you know, at some point or another, you got to go tie on a margarita. You sure do. Mm-hmm. You know, just for the vibes of it all. Yeah, you know what's also interesting is that. When when I talk about margaritas and that sort of thing, uh, I get more of a Texas twang oh, all of a sudden. Uh huh. Isn't right. that weird? It was automatic. Maybe that's why the Scottish people like it. That's right. You know. Yeah, because it because makes them feel Texas. <laughs> it very well may. A- Have you seen the little video of the two Scottish guys that are in the ele- in the uh, uh, voice automated elevator? And it, and it won't let them move floors because they can't understand what they're saying. <laughs> it's awesome. That's fun to laugh at, folks. You know, it is. It's like, ah, yeah, Just because people laugh at us all the time. God, we deserve it. That's <laughs> funny. No doubt about it. That's why they're standing there trying to say, ah, four, two, and it. That's they keep trying to say eleven, and, 11. The, and the and the elevator won't recognize. No matter what they're saying, it, it won't it won't move to their floor. See, that's just funny. Yeah, you know. No it is. Okay, so hold on. We got some incoming news. Here it comes. Look out! Look right. out! <laughs> the Georgia Institute of Technology. I didn't know they had one. They do. Uh, has unveiled a new four-stroke engine that converts natural gas methane into hydrogen. Okay. And this new technology could actually power a fuel cell car while also capturing 100% of its CO2 emissions. Well, that's just free driving around there. It is. Now, okay, so you may, some of you may be going, what is a fuel cell car? Okay. It, um, here's what a fuel cell car is. Picture a. You know. <laughs> um, it's basically a fuel cell engine. It's called a fuel cell engine stack. All right. Mm-hmm. That converts hydrogen gas. Sure. All right. Uh, stored on board with oxygen. All right. And um, from the obviously from the air outside. From the uh from our air (laughs) uh and then that is converted into electricity which then powers the vehicle's electric motor see how smart people are i mean really i mean think about that for a second did they get a endowment from the national science foundation or did they just think this i don't know but you know so you want to know what my i i I have a, a big idea for for wind okay for times that it's not windy outside and, and the wind turbines are not blowing oh. what i would like to propose mm-hmm. and, and maybe we can get an endowment mm-hmm. as well because you maybe you can help me build this thing mm-hmm. uh what i would like to do is um position an enormous box fan yeah okay behind all the wind turbines sure 
And so times where the wind is not blowing, you just turn on that giant box fan and it makes the, the wind turbines blow. Well, why hasn't anyone else thought of this? I don't know, but you know, too, then. we should we should uh, yeah. r- write Trump we about should, this. We should get help. <laughs> we should get some help from somebody. No doubt if about that. Here's that we're we're out of a gig and fast. <laughs> no, but go ahead. <laughs> all right. So anyway, uh, all of these these volatile volatility that's occurring both in natural gas. Uh, and oil right now, um, you know. I- interestingly enough, for for years and years, uh, there used to be a correlation between natural gas and oil. And uh, up around, I want to say probably around 2008, the market really kind of figured out that there really didn't need to be a correlation anymore uh, between oil and natural gas. Because they're really different. Well, Very because different as where as oil is more of a globalized market, okay, natural gas has always been very much a domestic market. Uh-huh. And when you've had so incredible much supply that has been uh, occurring, uh, natural gas prices really began to just completely diverge from what oil is doing. Because, you know, I mean, that makes sense. You've got an, a globalized market compared to a, a localized domestic market. And the amount of, of supply was just growing at such a rapid rate um, that you just it just decoupled mm-hmm. okay interestingly enough though um when we are beginning to ramp up these lng exports around the world mm-hmm. and um and going into 2017 and 2018 there's going to be even more natural gas exports out of the u.s that are taking gas to literally all kinds of locations around the globe we have enough ships transport for all that um, that that infrastructure has been being built as fast as they can build it. Uh, mm-hmm. Some in some cases already over the last three or four years, and it takes there's a, there's about a three or four year long lead time for those facilities to come online, and but they've already been in that process now for the past couple of years. So going into 2017, going into 2018, yeah, you bet this stuff is is literally. I mean, we've already seen uh, Chenier. Uh, down in uh, in Louisiana that has ramped up right around uh, end of 2016 and early parts of, of 2017 we've been getting to we they have already got a couple of LNG trains that are leaving their shores and hmm. and uh, delivering uh, natural gas to Asia and Europe and all kinds of, of destinations that's going to really help the balance of trade Absolutely. So my kind of my point is, is that when you begin to see more and more of this sort of thing occur, you are then going to begin to see, I think, a uh, a more of of a a less of of strictly just a domestic uh, influence that occurs Mm -hmm. in comparison to where other LNG is priced around the globe. And uh, and so you've got that. And one of the other things that we were talking about with regard to to oil is, you know, over the past uh, over the past year, there has been uh, laws in place that have not allowed U.S. oil producers to send oil uh, exports out of the United States. Those restrictions have been lifted. And I think you're going to begin to see more of that sort of thing occur over the course of. Uh, of the years ahead 
And so when you begin to add this up together, when you begin to look at uh, even in the more near term, um, some of the, the uh, other geopolitical type uh, of climates that, uh, that we're moving into, um, uh, even with regard to China, uh, with regard to Iran and, and Russia that we were talking about here in the last segment, um, with regard to uh, all of the economic transitions that are occurring, mm-hmm. uh, check this out. Uh, even even the Netherlands uh, prime minister election is coming up here just in less than a less than a month. Uh, March fifteenth is when uh, the Netherlands they uh, are talking about wanting to do their own kind of Brexit. You know, oh. uh, they're calling it the Nexit, the, <laughs> the Netherlands exit. They're getting too creative with the you know the coupling the coupling thing <laughs> no, no doubt about that but uh you've got uh oh what's this guy's name uh, G- uh gert wilders is uh is the far right political party hmm. um over in the netherlands that believes like it's it's actually going to be you know gaining some some traction from what i understand is their right the same kind of thing as our right i mean right is right but is you know, is it a conservative approach to running the government and run and the economy and and oh, most, taxes and wealth? It's oh, most definitely, same kind of right. Yeah, like for example, this this guy is really anti-European Union and has basically said that if he's elected, mm-hmm. he is pledging to leave the European Union. And uh, not only that, but you know, part part of you know what we've seen, just like uh, gosh some of this stuff that, that occurred over in Sweden and such uh-huh. uh, with Trump in the last few days. Um, Cue the riot. With, with all of kind of the Islamic... Uh, Influences, yeah. Huge that have folks that have been pouring into the, to that mm-hmm. region. Uh, this guy, this Gert Wilders, uh, Wilders, I guess, is um, he's really going out there saying that he wants to b- uh, ban Islamic symbols and mosques mm. and, and the Quran. God. And uh, that'll never happen. You, you would not, you would think that wouldn't wouldn't happen, but uh, PMSNBC won't let it happen. Uh, no doubt about You're, that. So mm, then, sorry. okay. That's so over. in addition to this guy, you've also got uh, Hong Kong that is going to be electing their what they call their their chief executive election. That's mm-hmm. going to be going. That's March twenty six. Um, France, their presidential primary elections are going to be between April 23rd and May 7th. And uh, you've got... Um, they have a conservative candidate that has a prayer in France? I, you know what? Uh, right now, I think that they've got this uh, far-right candidate. It's um, Marine Le Pen. <laughs> yeah, that. Uh, now that's not making fun of it. That's just, that's okay. playing, just playing around, folks. Just playing around. You know, the thing is, is people got to lighten up, and um, she basically, oh, Marine yeah. Le Pen, yeah. uh, has suggested that Portugal, Italy, Spain, Ireland, Greece, and Cyprus should basically uh, all join France in leaving the European Union. Oh dear. You see where all this is going? I mean, you've, you've got Iran that's going to be having another large election in uh, in May. Uh, Germany is going to be having another. Uh, Angela Merkel is going to be up for re-election oh, in, 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 later this year. That's going to be so interesting. Guys, the amount of volatility that is 
is going to be pouring into WTI because it is mm-hmm. has it reacts to all of these cogs in the machine. Sure it does. Makes you guys got to listen to this show every week because we'll try to map it all out for you, make sense of it. Energy Reconnaissance Radio. That's what you get right here. We come from Houston, Texas, the energy capital of the world. Be sure you subscribe to the podcast. And VerdeNow.com. Go, Go get you some electricity at VerdeNow for your home. VerdeNow.com. See you next week on Energy Recon Radio. This is Radio Brave. Keep listening. It gets even better. Now let's do it up. Radio Brave.